0: This is The Channel, a podcast from the International Institute for Asian Studies. Welcome back to the channel. I'm your host, Benjamin Linder. This is the fourth and final episode of our special series on the new River Cities as Method project being developed here at IIAS. If you haven't already listened to the first three episodes in the series, you might want to go back and start there before proceeding. In this episode, Satya and I finish our discussion of her work among the Riverine community in Brazil. This conversation centers on the idea of revitalization, which includes things like activism and politics surrounding the construction of a dam that displaced many Riverine people. If you are currently researching the relationship between cities and rivers, and you think that your work might fit in well with the River Cities as Method project, visit ukna.asia. There you'll find more information, as well as the recently published Call for Expressions of Interest. By the time this episode gets released, the August 2022 deadline will be fast approaching, so don't wait to get involved. In the meantime, enjoy this fourth and final episode of our mini series with Satya Pachanilam. Satya, welcome back for our fourth and final installment of the River Cities mini-series here on the channel. Thanks again for coming to talk with me.
1: Thank you very much. Let's (laughs) do (laughs) this.
0: For listeners who have followed along and stuck with us this far, um, we've structured our conversations on this mini-series along the themes that are structuring the River Cities project itself here at IIAS, namely bio or biographies, mapping or cartographies, and revitalizations. Now that we've reached this final segment, um, Satya, I wonder if you can introduce once again the idea of revitalizations generally for the River Cities Project. What is meant by this term?
1: So the idea of revitalization is for each team to organize and coordinate a river revitalization to restore new life to the river. And to the city and to the river city relationship and to improve this relationship, of course.
0: How does this theme play out with respect to your particular project, which is the pilot project for river cities? Um, How is revitalization relevant to the river and people?
1: Well, how the revitalization is, I'd say, relevant to me first, Mm -hmm. it is um, I've never wanted my PhD to be a book on a shelf. I've always wanted to act on it, so I can only act on it with the riverine people. The Mm -hmm. idea is to work together with them to find a solution for their livelihood, to empower them economically again, especially the women. So I'll talk about this a little bit further on.
0: With the River Cities project overall, as you and Bay sat down and started designing this idea, why was it important to include that kind of future-oriented or even activist component to this research.
1: Yeah, me and Paul Bay, we see the importance of rivers um in the for, for the world and for the living beings. Um, so the activism is in the agenda because as academics, we we re- we never really act on it. We only write about it. And that's something that I to me it's not interesting. I like to act on it. I I like to see answers and and especially with marginalized people. You cannot just write about them and put and put everything on the side, or you cannot just write about the river and put it on the side and hope that maybe an NGO or somebody or, or activist is going to read it and and act on it. We can do it ourselves. We have
0: we have knowledge,
1: not all the knowledge, but we have knowledge and we can learn from others. And in this way we can create a, a plan to, to hopefully do something.
0: Let's go back in time just a little bit. When In our last conversation, you were discussing the Belo Wanchet Dam and this kind of over 30-year history of it. You did mention that there had been some kinds of activism and political engagement around it and resistance to it. Um, You said, I think even sting came as part of this movement. Can you just rehash that for listeners? What was some of the activism that has existed or may continue to exist already around this dam?
1: Around this dam, the activism has been there all along. 30 plus years ago, it was this big indigenous movement that archived basically the Karara Dam, which was the previous like, plan of, of dams in the Shimbu River. And then 30 years later, they came up with the Balagongu Dam, and throughout its construction, there were made protests um, from the city of Algoneta, from indigenous tribes, from riverine people. So people in, in the Amazon are very um, activist and, and and political, and they, they fight for their rights. They know that by showing, they can get answers. So that's, that's what's been happening.
0: I suppose initially they were hoping to stop the dam from being constructed. I assume that was the initial goal. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that was the initial goal for a very long time.
0: And so as you said though the dam did end up getting built so what, where has the movement shifted its focus now is there still activism surrounding the dam even now that it's been built
1: Yeah there there are I can on the top of my head right now I'm sure there are more but on the top of my head there are two one is um empowering and informing other cities that are probably going to be affected by future dams because the the, the plan to build dams in the Amazon is it's, um, it's still there, it's still alive. And the amount of dams they want to build in the Amazon is, um it's a lot. Yeah, so the idea is to inform and show the impact to these other um, people so they can fight harder and, and fight harder against and hopefully win, the bell. So the second movement is the riverine, the affected riverine uh, community that have been displaced from the riverbank to the city or to the outskirts of the city. What they've been able to do with help of local NGOs and national NGOs and people that are um, they have a big influence in the, in the city. They were able to create a council, a riverine council. That's the first one recognized in Brazil. And with the riverine council, they were able to, to make the company recognize them. that The company did not recognize them from the beginning. And by recognizing them, they have to do something for the riverines, for their livelihood. So what they asked for was to go back to the riverbank. That's what they always wanted. So the company is in the process of giving land to the riverine That's also what I mentioned in the first episode when I did the expedition in 2018. Um, that was a study that I did with a with local NGO and the riverbanks to see if the current land after the dam was able to to they were able to live in. If the soil was good enough for agriculture, if the plants were the ones that they used for the, their for their medicine, or um, if there were Animal tracks for hunting. Those those the things that they need for survival. The the company now is giving them um, according to this map. They're following the map, and they're giving um, land to the river to go back. The process has been um, going on since 2000 end of 2019, and it's just taking a very long time. Which is unfortunate because um, the the pandemic was there. So many river rhymes were fed up with the waiting. So they basically went to the riverbank and took the land and they started building their houses. So it's, yeah, it's a very complex um, situation right now. Um, It's an ongoing situation. They are still fighting to return for their rights. So that's the activism that's happening now, the, the River Eye Council. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, revitalization seems to imply an orientation towards the future and maybe even an optimistic one, even in the face of all these challenges. As a scholar who's interested in the future of the River and people and in their well-being, what kinds of interventions would you like to see in Altamira with respect to the community?
1: Um, I just I would like them to be heard and to be respected and to be empowered again and be able for at least the women not to be so isolated and be able to be independent from their partners and and yeah, and have their own money and do their own things and that's what that's what I wish.
0: How do you see the role of your scholarship and the research that you do in these possible futures for the riverine people
1: well i see it as a collaborative collaborative um approach where we learn from each other and we find a solution or a better way out together yeah i i, I like it that way.
0: so as we mentioned from the beginning from episode one your study and the reason the occasion for this podcast series is that your study is the pilot project for this larger River Cities project being developed here at the International Institute for Asian Studies. I know that you and Paul Rebae have had plenty of conversations about the future of the project, but can you just repeat what comes next for River Cities more broadly? Where are you in the process and where do you hope to go?
1: So right now we we released the call um, for expression of interest. Um, we are hoping to gather various teams that are studying river cities so we can do a collision and we can learn from each other and that's the idea it's to learn from each other because we're going to have a transdisciplinary um, team we already have a, uh, people in our team from various backgrounds which we, we believe that's the way to go we think that um, people from various backgrounds can bring their their knowledge and we can bring our knowledge together and work together to find a um, revitalization um, action plan for each river and uh, river cities.
0: Do you have a sense of how long the river cities project might continue? Is this going to be a number of years moving forward or is it, do you have a time frame in mind?
1: So this is the first year. We have a time frame of four years, that's our wish. Um, Today we are receiving um, very interesting projects for our team. So yeah, for for now this is this is how it's shaping, and we hope to have very interesting um, collaboration and knowledge gathering and projects for the future.
0: If you could just make a, one final plea to anyone who might be interested, by the time this miniseries comes out, I think the deadline will still be open. So what would you say to encourage potential colleagues and collaborators to apply with expressions of interest?
1: So if you are interested in river cities and every single complex issue that is connected to, to that relationship, you are most welcome to apply for this, um, this network, this collision. We are expecting very interesting projects. We've received very interesting projects already, and we're expecting more. There are a lot of people that are interested and a lot of people that are contacting, so please do, please, um, open the, the, um, IIS website. Um, we are there under river cities, method. Um, the call is just there in the, um, in our page and. As I mentioned in the previous, not the previous, the first um, episode, registration, application registration is very easy. If you already have a project, please write it down and, and, and send it to us. If you have questions, you'll find our content, um in our page. And we are bringing more to hearing from
0: Well, thank you very much for spending so much time having these conversations about your research in Brazil, but also about the larger River Cities project that you're developing here at IIAS. I hope that in the future, once you and your collaborators start collaborating on this research, you'll come back and have more conversations with us about how the River Cities project is going. Until then, thank you very much, Satya, for coming on and I wish you all the best of luck as you try to get the River Cities project off the ground.
1: Thank you so much. It was a great opportunity. I love, I love this. This was
0: fun. That was Satya Pachanilam who is an academic advisor to the River Cities as Method Project, as well as the International Principal Investigator for the RCM Pilot Project. To learn more about the River Cities as Method Initiative, or to submit an expression of interest by August 15, 2022, please visit the Urban Knowledge Network Asia website at ukna.asia. That's ukna.asia. Now that we're at the end of the mini series, I want to take one more opportunity to thank Satya Pachinilam for taking so much time to sit down and explain her own research as well as the burgeoning River Cities as Method project here at IIAS. Thank you, Satya. Thank you for listening to the channel. Please subscribe to receive all future episodes. This podcast is brought to you by the International Institute for Asian Studies, a globally oriented institution based at Leiden University in the Netherlands. We are dedicated to fostering an integrated, multidisciplinary understanding of Asia and beyond, and we would love for you to get involved. For more information on our conferences, webinars, publications, and fellowship program, please visit EAS.Asia. That's I-I-A-S dot A-S-I-A. See you next time.